Welcome to God, the Bible, and Me, a simple podcast by a simple man exploring the Bible, one verse, maybe two, at a time, except for today, where we have our special episode, and I bring on a special guest. And today, I'm joined by my wife, yet again. Hey everybody, this is Jessica. And after that, we'll have a discussion, and then we'll do the salvation prayer. And we usually have a lot of fun, so I hope you guys enjoy. And let's begin. Now first, I want to say a couple things before we start. One, sorry that this episode's coming out a little later than normal. Uh, I try to make sure these are ready by Saturday. And we're already Sunday, the day of recording, so this will be available to you guys as soon as possible. And two, uh, we're going to start off with an open prayer, like we always do. But I also want to pray for the country of Israel. They are going through a lot right now. There's a war going on. And I just want to pray that God keeps those innocent people safe and protected and just watch over them as this thing unfolds. All right. Dear Lord Jesus, first off, I would like to pray for our sins. Forgive us our mind, our body, and our souls. And I thank you for everything you do for us. Lord, I want to send a special prayer to the country of Israel right now that is being attacked and many innocent lives are being uh, slain, Lord, uh, for this war that's going on. So I pray for your comfort, your peace, and your protection, Lord, and that you help these people, especially the innocent, Lord, that have nothing to do with this war, that are just caught in the crossfire. I pray that you keep them safe and protected and you just watch over them. And Lord, I pray for ourselves that you give us the strength to do what we can to help and to also keep these people in our prayers. That way uh, we can keep praying for them, Lord, and that way you can give them strength. Lord, I also pray for anyone out there who's listening to the podcast. If they have any problems or issues or any special prayers, Lord, I pray for them. And that, Lord, they are praying to you also and they're also talking to you, Lord. Uh, but the best way to communicate with you, Lord, is obviously to talk to you. And also pray that you bless this podcast and that we are able to reach many, many people. Amen. All right. So today we will be read, we will be talking about um, when Jesus was arrested. Jessica, is there any thoughts before we read the passage about this? Um. I guess I would have to say that I don't know too much about this part. Um, obviously, we know what happens after Jesus gets arrested and leading up to where we, he is on the cross. But, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what you have to say about this part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the part we're actually going to read is right after Jesus has the Last Supper. And this is right after, also, after he's praying to God and basically asking God um, if this cup that he's about to do can pass from him. And he's basically saying, if he doesn't have to do what's about to happen, uh, please let it go to some, do something else. But he also does say, if it is your will, let your will be done. So that just kind of puts you where we're at. So we're after that part because God, because Jesus prays to God. Uh, believe three times and just basically ask them. So the part we're going to read, though, is is an interesting part because based off movies and shows and discussions and all this other stuff, non-Christian, now let, me get, let, let me rephrase that, non-biblical ones, 
every every time I see it in a movie, it's portrayed as Roman soldiers are the ones that come and take Jesus away. Yeah, that's what I've always seen. Also, is that um, it's just Roman soldiers who come and take him away. Yep, and that's uh, that's basically what I'm what I'm getting at is that. Uh, the last few movies that I remember, it's it's Roman soldiers fully set coming in. They're the ones that are taking Jesus away. Okay, so the verse we're gonna read is in John, chapter eighteen, verse three, and I'll be reading out of the ESV. Again, that's John, chapter eighteen, verse three, and it goes like this: So Judas having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priest and the Pharisees went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. So we're going to stop there. So in everything, well, not everything, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was something that I saw that, that had that. It had like chiefs uh, the chief priest and the pharisees and other other people but the interesting thing is it never says roman soldiers any thoughts jessica on that i wonder why we think that i feel like it's kind of like a mandela effect at this point because i'm just like why did i always associate those roman soldiers with the with the arresting of jesus christ if they weren't there at that time i'm pretty sure we've read over this part in the bible before um, so yeah, I don't know why my mind would probably just automatically have gone to Roman soldiers. And I, and I think it has to do with, because of technically the Romans are the ones that crucified Jesus. I mean, the, 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 uh, Israel people, the, the Jewish people are the, the people at the time, the Pharisees, Sadducees and whatnot, they did want to condemn Jesus, but technically the Romans were the ones that actually did the crucifixion. Now they did it under the uh recommendation from them because they did say crucify and whatnot but i think because of that i think it's one of those things like okay well they're the ones that killed him or crucified him then they must have been that one that arrested him i could see that i could see where maybe we got that connection from then and i think it's more of a dramatization type thing when you're thinking about the movies as these big bad roman soldiers coming then a bunch of i mean not to say these were old men because there probably were but they're probably young men too because it says chief priest and some of the officers and soldiers so judas got a got a, a band of soldiers but it never says they're roman soldiers so he could have gotten like maybe israelite soldiers or something and then priest <laughs> so priests are coming and arrest him I think at that time um he was he was blamed for speaking out you know blasting against the the church so mm -hmm. i think priests at that time thought that they were right and he was wrong so yep and it's just it, to me it's just very interesting that we always assume that or we it's always portrayed as these roman soldiers that are coming and not actual priests and i think you, you make a good point because he was speaking against what they believed and not believing he was a true Messiah, they felt like they needed to take it upon themselves to arrest him, which they had no authority to. Jesus had all the authority. I can't even imagine at the time, like, 
what their thought process was. I can imagine what the um, actual moment that Judas goes and, you know, to arrest him and with his band of people, what that moment was like. Yeah, and it's very interesting when you think about the whole story because at that time, Jesus was, you know, came to this earth to save it. And they everybody believed he was going to come as a mighty king and this and that. And I think that's where the part where he is not the the Messiah they were expecting because they felt like he was going to overthrow everything. And it's just, it's interesting to me that they had so much content for him that they wanted him out of the picture. No matter all the stuff he did, the chief priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and that's, it's interesting that too, because the Pharisees and the Sadducees were both part of the, of the order of the priesthood, but they also had like a different version of things. I believe some believed in only the words of Moses or the laws of Moses, and then others believed in that plus other things. So they were in conflict with each other, but yet they were united on arresting Jesus. But he was the Messiah. <laughs> it's like, but he was the Messiah. How do you, how do you miss that? <laughs> well, I think it just comes back to just like nowadays when you're blinded by the truth. Like if somebody puts, uh, I don't know, like a big sack of money, a, in a money, a bag with money in it and puts it in front of your face and you look at it and you can honest, you can, you can look at it and say, yes, there's money in there. Or you can be blinded by the truth, the fact that there is money, but you don't believe there's money. Like your own own thinking is like, why would there be a big sack of money in front of me? Why is that for me? <laughs> I guess I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the whole thing with like Jesus is like, yes, you had the Messiah right in front of you. But I think they chose not to believe it because they didn't see it. And it's like, again, going back to the money thing. If I put a big stack of $100 bills in front of you, then you're like, oh, yeah, it is money. Yeah, because I can see it. But then I think maybe also, like, what if God, you know, how he hardened Pharaoh's heart at the time? Like, maybe God, too, had some kind of, like, blinders, I want to say, like, on the priests. Like, maybe they couldn't see Jesus for who he was because yeah. we knew that these events had to have happened the way they happened. And that's actually a good point. Yes. I mean, it's very possible that's what happened was. It had to happen the way it happened, mm -hmm. or Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross for our sins and essentially wiping our sins away when we believe in him or accept them into our hearts and accept the salvation that he gives us. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. But, yeah, just kind of going back to the, the topic, how do, you, how do you feel? How does that make <laughs> you feel knowing that probably most of your life, because all of my life, I believe that it was the Romans that came and not these chiefs or these priests again i think um like i i teach her work in the sunday school and i think it's just an easier story to show that there's little cartoon roman soldiers as opposed to explaining to children that there's priests and others in that robe you know sense and having to explain who they are it's just easier to see little roman officers <laughs> in the cartoon <laughs> picture like <laughs> And I think that's a that's actually a good point to bring up about that is I think it is easier to explain and maybe it's easier for most people to comprehend like, OK, this Romans were the one that crucified them. So, yes, it's Roman people coming and taking them away to get arrested. 
Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I always I found that part interesting, and and in and in other gospels, and this is what we we talked about when we were discussing the show previous uh, before was in the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It doesn't even say that there was a band of soldiers. It just says that there was like chiefs and priests, like basically that, but it didn't mention the soldier part. And it was, it's interesting that they didn't say that, but this one did. And I believe it's because John was with Jesus. Uh, Cause I think Jesus took him, his brother and Peter up to uh, Gethsemane where he went to go pray. So this was like firsthand account, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I don't think they were there. I think they heard the story secondhand. So it's, uh, that's another, just, just a fun fact. And, and uh, also, fact check me. Feel free to <laughs> go and actually open your Bible and look at these stories because if you go to that spot in the stories, they are a little bit different. But it's the same story. It's just a little bit. But you have to remember, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke weren't there firsthand like uh, Peter, John, and I believe James, his brother. So, yeah. Yeah, that's always interesting too. I think like they were all telling the same account but in different ways because matthew might have seen something that mark didn't mark might have seen something that john didn't so it's interesting on these four four chapters or four parts of the bible to hear their accounts of being around jesus at the time yep and i think that's what's a good good thing too though because you have four accounts of the same story that collaborates itself yes so it's these like it's like it's written like are these things like the Bible it's it's historic records, and you have three historic accounts of what happened. So, I mean, what more do you need when you have three stories? I don't think I could even wrote what we did yesterday. So I mean, <laughs> to write these accounts and that kind of detail, I think props to them. <laughs> yep, I mean, I just imagine being firsthand seeing everything that was going on and everything Jesus was doing. I mean, it's amazing to read it, but just just to think about actually seeing it, though. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine the pain. I couldn't imagine the overwhelmingness. You know, this is the Messiah. This is who you're you're with, and just to see him being arrested or see him being taken away, even him telling you this is going to happen, you don't believe it's going to happen, mm-hmm. and then it happens. And I think that must have been just completely overwhelming and. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where Jesus is telling you everything. He's telling you exactly what's going to happen. But I mm-hmm. think in being human and having that sense of like, oh, well, the doubt, I think, is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Being human and doubting the truth, even though it's right in front of you. And just, I think, like, we... I don't know if it said it's in the Bible, but, you know, where he's like, but you can just, you know, smite them like you could just (laughs) throw your fire down on them. But, you know, we know that Jesus had to get arrested. He had to be crucified. But I think some of his disciples might have had that mentality like, but you, you can win like you're the winner. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that might have been hard too, just to have to see him go through those steps, knowing that he could have easily been the winner. (laughs) Yep. Yep, and that's actually a good point. I believe, like when Jesus was being tested in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and the devil and the devil was coming and testing him, I think he also did say that uh, something about some or some pain or something. Maybe it wasn't exactly that, but it was something I just read, where Jesus said, "I think it was 
for he said, don't you know that I could pray to my father and legions of angels would come? Now, legions were thousands and thousands of soldiers. That's a legion. And Jesus said, don't you think that my father would send legions like multiple? So we're talking about thousands of hundreds of thousands of angels to come. But he still chose to give his life. I know he came as a human, but I think that human part of us, like I would have easily tapped out and been like, no, please, <laughs> please don't let this happen to me. But um, just I think the strength and courageousness that it took for Jesus to go through this in a human body. Mm -hmm. I think like he might I'm pretty sure he was terrified when the you know, they came to arrest him, knowing what was going to happen, knowing the outcome. I still think it was terrifying. Oh, that's actually a good point, because. Like, like I mentioned early on in the podcast was he did say that, though. He, Jesus did say, Lord, Father, if this cup can pass for me, let it. But then he came back right off and said, no, but let your will be done. If I have to do this, I'm going to do this. So I think those moments, because you can find those moments throughout his entire ministry. And I think it's to show his humanity, mm -hmm. because when Jesus did come to earth, yes, he was the son of God. He had all the amazing powers. He still had God, and he could call on the Father whenever he wanted. But I think he needed to show and be human to be able to be the human sacrifice. I think that's just, that's the true, I think, testimony of faith is knowing that it's not going to be good for you, but still believing that God has you, mm -hmm. that, you know, so. And another fun fact, or interesting fact, actually, <laughs> that I just thought about, this entire time up to Jesus, God has never, ever, that I've ever read, what's not written, required a human sacrifice. No. He never asked for that. He never said, all these fake religions, like in the time, all these pagan worshipers and whatnot, sacrificed their children, sacrificed everybody. But God never did. But Jesus will only sacrifice himself. Jesus has has been the only human sacrifice that was ever in our faith. That's interesting. And I mean, one day maybe we'll get to ask why, but I know the closest I think we ever came was Abraham maybe sacrificing Isaac and then God stopped him and said, no, mm -hmm. but I know he never did require human sacrifice. Like why Jesus? You know? Yep. <laughs> I think because I, you know, and I think thinking about it now, I think it's because, no other human sacrifice was ever going to wash our sin because when it came down to it, we are all born human and we are all born with sin. But because Jesus came from heaven, Jesus was the son of God. When he was born, he was born pure. So you can't wash sin with sin. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, anything else you want to bring up before we go ahead and close it? Uh, nope. I think I'm good. I learned a lot, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move into the salvation prayer. For anyone out there who has not accepted our Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and would like to, all you got to do is follow along as I pray and truly believe, truly, truly believe with your whole heart these words we're about to say. And it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I know that I am a sinner. 
I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose from the dead. And that you rose from the dead. I turn from my sin. I turn from my sins. And I ask you. And I ask you. To come into my heart and life. To come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you. I want to trust and follow you. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. In your holy name, amen. In your holy name, amen. Congratulations to anyone out there who said that for the very first time. Like Jesus says, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And no one goes to the Father except through him. All right. I'm reading a new verse every Tuesday and Thursday. And on Saturday is our special episode where I bring on a guest and we have a good discussion. Don't forget to share this podcast. Let's reach the whole world. Let's spread God's word to all those who need it and give everyone, everyone, an opportunity to be saved. You can find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. You can reach this podcast at godbiblemepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your favorite verse and if you decided to give your life to Christ. I would love to hear about it. Until next time, keep reading. Bye, everyone.